Hello, welcome to the Love Yourself Healthy Podcast. I am Melanie Lillis, eating psychology coach and nutritional therapist. We are going to be diving into the realm of all things health, yet talking about them from the mind-body nutrition dimensions. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. If you follow me on social media, either my business Instagram, which is BearXBrave, or my personal Instagram, which is Melanie Lillis, you would have seen that I put up a kind of question poll the other day um, asking you guys questions that you wanted me to answer throughout the podcast. So this is going to be a little bit of a different podcast um, from what I usually do. But it's really exciting because I feel like I can speak a little bit more freely and it's answering the questions that you guys want to know. So I handpicked a few questions that came through that I think are kind of good topics to go over. And yeah, I'm going to go through them today. So the first question um, that I want to discuss, it is how do you begin with the whole self-love routine? So in a lot of my podcasts, I talk about self-love and I talk about creating a routine that is going to work for your lifestyle. And for a lot of people, they don't actually know what that means or how to begin. So the first thing that I would do personally, if I was someone who really wanted to work on my self-love, but didn't know where to start is with journaling. So I would sit down, grab a journal or a diary or a notebook and pretty much write down all the concerns um, or issues that you think you might have. So whether that is you are always thinking negative thoughts, uh, you don't like what you see in the mirror, your life is chaotic and stressful, you are disconnected from yourself emotionally, physically, um, you don't have time for things like exercise and nutrition and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I guess when you put words down to paper, it can really highlight Uh, the key areas that you need to work on and that you may not even realize you need to work on. So yeah, that's the first thing I would do is just kind of get all of my thoughts onto paper. Um, Write down how you're feeling in this present time and write down also what you want to achieve. So unless you know what you want to achieve, you can't really put those steps in place to achieve them. So let's just say for me back in the day when I had really bad um, body image issues, If I was starting from there, I would sit down and I would write down, you know, my biggest concerns are that I can't go an hour, you know, throughout the day without having really negative body image thoughts, um, putting myself down all the time and feeling extremely insecure. And where do I want to be? I want to be able to achieve a sense of freedom. And what that meant for me was um, being able to wear anything really that I put on and not care or not worry about what other people would think about what I was wearing or, you know, going down to the beach and being able to go for a swim and that walk from getting up from my towel and going down to the beach, back in the day, I would be, like my heart would have been racing because I would have thought every single person is staring at me and judging me. And I think about that now and I'm like, everyone else is thinking about themselves. No one else cares. Don't get me wrong. When you're laying on the beach and you see someone walk past you, yeah, you might glance, but you really don't sit there and judge every single person that walks past. And if you are someone who does do that, that just reinforces how much you need to work on yourself. Because I truly believe that people who uh, criticize other people and people who judge other people's bodies are the people who need to work on themselves the most because that's just coming through their own insecurities. So for me, I wanted to achieve freedom in the sense of not caring about other people and not thinking Um, that other people were thinking negative thoughts about me, which was created in my own mind anyway. Like I was tiny. I was never big. I'd never had, 
you know, any body issues when you looked at me. I was, you know, normal, in quotation marks, normal size. Um, but that was just something that I created in my head. So if I was wanting to begin with the whole self-love routine back then, I would have sat down and gone, okay, I know that a lot of my issues come from my mind. So what is something that I can do for my mind that is going to help create more positive thoughts? And that might be meditation. So you'd pick one thing to trial and you pick one part of the day to do that so that it's not overwhelming in the beginning. So for example, if I wake up at six o'clock every morning, I'm going to wake up at 5.45 every morning and I'm going to spend the first 15 minutes of my day doing a guided meditation. So if you know how to do meditation yourself, go for it. If you don't, there are so many resources out there on YouTube, on Google, on Instagram, like every... There is so much that you can just go and find and research yourself. So go to YouTube, go guided meditation. You can even get guided meditations for self-love, which was my latest podcast, which is actually really good. I'm just going to do a little story time right now. And um, I'm a little bit embarrassed to share this. But So when I, whenever I create these podcasts, I listen to them when I am obviously editing them, but then I don't really go back and listen to them because I find that that's a little bit weird. But the other day... I was just feeling a little bit overwhelmed and I wanted to do some meditation as I was down on the beach and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to chuck on my guided self-love meditation because I wanted to relax but I also wanted to see if it would actually relax me and I fell asleep so I feel like that's a pretty good podcast. I was feeling super zen and I felt like the message that I was trying to share you know got out there a little bit and and created nice um, positive mindful thoughts and it really relaxed me so (laughs) without tooting my own horn um, if you are looking to start meditation please listen to my last podcast (laughs) so I truly believe that meditation is probably the best place to start or anything that creates a meditative state so whether that is going for a walk um, and listening to calming music or, you know, if you, if you really love drawing, then starting your day by spending 15 minutes, you know, drawing or coloring in anything that calms the mind. I find that that's probably the best place to start. Whenever we disconnect from the body and have these poor body image kind of issues or, you know, just neglect the need to practice self-love, it's all because the mind is kind of racing and it can't focus. It can't stop and settle. So that's step one. Okay. So another area that I would probably begin with is the practice of mirror work. So I'll explain a little bit more on mirror work as time goes on. But just to give you a really quick rundown, essentially you stare at yourself in the mirror naked, trying your hardest to really let go of any negative thoughts that may come to mind. Obviously, negative thoughts are going to come into your mind, but you just don't want to humor them. You just want to let them go. And the more that you stare at yourself, so I would do this for about 10 minutes a day in the morning, maybe after your shower or at nighttime after your shower. Um... And the more that you stare at yourself and the more that you just kind of get used to seeing your body and accepting your body for what it is, your subconscious thoughts start to change. And that's the goal of creating a good body image is you have drilled into your mind that you are ugly, that you are fat, that you are worthless and you're not enough. And it's no wonder we have those thoughts because we're constantly being judged by society. We're constantly seeing these perfect models on Instagram and kind of comparing ourselves to other people's lives, which is such a dangerous thing because why are we comparing ourselves to someone who is completely different to us? It's so silly, but it happens to the best of us. And we just have to figure out how to push past that and realize really what's important. So when you're staring at yourself in the mirror, 
eventually, if you can really stick to it and make this a daily ritual, your brain will start to see yourself in a different way and your thoughts will start to change into positive thoughts. So the more that you can stare at yourself and the more that you can really appreciate, respect and understand what your body does for you, the more your mind is going to change to constantly see yourself in that positive light. So that's another place that I would start. And just lastly, to answer this question, nutrition and exercise. They are probably the key components to feeling so good. If you're not fueling your body in the right way, you're going to create nutritional imbalances. And when you have nutritional imbalances, you're going to be moody. You're going to be grumpy. You're going to put on weight. Your skin's going to break out. You're not going to have a nice glow. Your hair's not going to grow, you know, lusciously and voluptuously. Um, not that mine grows that luscious or voluptuous, but everything else on me is, is working pretty good from the whole nutrition perspective. But exercise as well. I The other day I went for a run and I have not felt a release of endorphins like that in a very long time. It was the best feeling. And I just thought to myself, how good is exercise? Just from going for a run for like 20 minutes to half an hour, I came back feeling so good. I had a little boost of confidence. When I looked at myself in the mirror, I felt healthy. And, you know, obviously not much changed on my body in a 30-minute run, but just the whole increase of endorphins and serotonin and just getting out and being active and being outdoors creates such a better frame of mind. And I also feel like the days where my diet is on point and my exercise is on point, I just feel overall so much better about myself. And I know this is not, you know, news that you haven't heard before, but a lot of people do forget how good you can feel from eating a clean diet and exercising. So they are the first strategies that I would do. So just to recap that, number one, I would start doing daily meditative practices. Again, whether that is guided meditation, whether that is just going for a nice peaceful walk, doing a drawing, or just listening to really calming music in the morning, whatever helps to settle your mind. Number two is the practice of mirror work. Again, looking at yourself in the mirror um, without any clothes on and just trying to create more positive thoughts and accepting how you are right now. You cannot hate yourself into a new body and you cannot hate yourself to love. It just makes no sense, right? So if you want to love yourself and if you want to be the best version of you you can be and have the body that you're proud of, you need to love your body first and then you can achieve the results that you want. And then number three is to just check out your exercise and nutrition routine. Are you eating healthy? Are you hydrated? Are you exercising? Or have you just forgotten all about those things? Moving on to the next question, which can kind of be integrated into the question I just answered, but it was, how do you learn to love your body? I could never imagine looking at myself and seeing anything positive. Now, when I read this question, it actually brought tears to my eyes because I have been and probably said that exact same thing to myself at one point in my life. Um, Yeah, so back in the day, I had a really bad eating disorder and I'll touch on that later because there is a question about that next, but I just remember being in that part of my life and saying to myself, I don't think I will ever be able to feel good about myself because my natural body shape isn't meant to be that sexy body shape that you see, um, you know, on Instagram. And yeah, my natural body shape is I hold my weight on my legs and my bum and my hips, and then I'm really small at the top. So I've got a big booty and absolutely no boobs. And, and I used to think it was a super awkward body shape and I never thought I could look, you know, like the other people do. 
But at the end of the day, again, I know that you have all probably heard this before, but I really want you to just think about what I'm saying for a second. You are born with the shape that you were born with. You're born with the body you're born with. You hold weight where you hold weight. You physically cannot change that. You cannot change your body shape. You cannot change where you hold your fat. And why do you want to? We have such a massive, massive issue with, I'm going to call it a materialistic image. Who cares if you don't have a box gap? Who cares if you don't have double D boobs? Who cares if you don't have a really small waist and a big bum? I've shared um, a story about this girl before. Her name is M. Carey. And she is a girl who went um, skydiving. And she essentially, when the parachute got pulled, it didn't release properly. It got wrapped around her instructor's neck and he passed out. And they free fell to the ground and just hit the ground. Now, they both should have died, and it's a miracle that they're alive, but she became a paraplegic from the waist down. But the thing is, I don't really understand how she explained it, but there's two different parts of your spinal cord, maybe, one that is like the movement and one that is feeling, maybe. So she lost feeling um, from the waist down, but she didn't lose movement. So she was told that she'd never walk again, but after, I think, at around six months, her, I guess the brain and muscle connection was still kind of there, or the muscle memory, so... She taught herself how to walk again, and now she's up and walking, and again, she still doesn't have feeling from the waist down, but she talks all the time about how before her accident, she would think, you know, I don't want to wear these shorts because I look, you know, I'm not happy with how I look, or she didn't appreciate what her legs could do for her, and now that she can't feel them, and she's still got so many issues, like, yeah, she can't feel them, but she also can't feel her bladder, so she can't control when she needs to go to the toilet, and she can't tell if she's got a cut, so she gets really bad infections, she doesn't know when she's got a broken bone, so all of that process, that even though she's up walking, she took all of this for granted, and that's something that, you know, I have been instilling in my brain um, ever since I recovered from an eating disorder, and it's that every day, you should appreciate the fact that you can wake up and step out of bed that you can walk down the stairs, that you can sit on the toilet and stand up on the toilet and go freely when you want to go. And we are so caught up with the fact that, oh, I don't look like that girl on Instagram or I'm not happy because, you know, I don't have that perfect box gap. I think that we all just need to take a step back and be like, wow, look what my body can do. It regenerates all the time and I can go outside and go for a run if I want to. And my legs hold me up every day. My arms can pick up things. My brain works. We really need to just take it back to basics and be like, what is really important in this life? When we get older, when you become a grandma, is it really going to be worth spending your entire life worrying about what size you were rather than creating amazing experiences and working on yourself and your personality. Because I truly believe that our personality and the way we treat other people and the things that we are trying to achieve in the world, are we making a difference? They are the most important things. People are not going to remember you by your size. They're going to remember you by the impact that you made in their lives. And if you are constantly worrying about what you're eating and what you're wearing and how you look, You're not going to be the best version of yourself and you're not going to give other people the best versions of themselves. So you need to learn to love what you have just as you are. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go and try and, you know, work on being your fittest self or being as healthy as you can be or, you know, trying to get down a dress size if you feel like you want to. 
it's fine. I mean, go and do all of those things right now. I'm at the gym and I'm trying to reach fitness goals and health goals and body goals. But at the same time, I am so happy that my body works. And I'm so happy with where I am right now. And even though I still want to achieve goals, I'm separating that from hating my body, okay, to achieve those goals. And I think that's something that we all need to learn how to do. Yes, you can achieve fitness, health, body, weight goals, but are you doing it the right way and are you loving your body how it is now or are you hating your body trying to achieve those goals? There's a different balance. And that is something I just want to quickly touch on because a lot of people are jumping on this body image movement bandwagon, the self-love bandwagon, and then starting to diss people who want to be healthy and exercise and lose weight and you know look their fittest self. You need to be accepting of both sides and you need to have that balance. And if that's what you want to achieve, awesome. But you also need to achieve it through a healthy and loving way. Let's move on to the next question. And I touched on this already. The next question I got asked was, how did you develop your eating disorder? So if you don't know, um, from the ages of about 20 to 24, I had pretty bad bulimia. It started off with food restrictions. So I would try to keep my calories like at around 800 calories a day. Um, and then it kind of, once my body became a little bit non and I wasn't getting, you know, a balance of macronutrients, I started to really crave food. And I guess I just gave in and I would start to binge eat. And then after I binged eat, I binged eight. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I would feel so guilty And I can't even explain this feeling to you. If you have ever had bulimia, then you'll understand that. For someone, okay, I'm I'm rambling on, I'm not making much sense. I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture. So you're trying to restrict your calories, right? And that is a form of control. And you feel as though you are in control of your weight. You are in control of your life. You're in control of how you look. So I was stuck at this point where I really wanted to be in control of how I looked But then I couldn't seem to be, I guess, strict enough and I would give in and I would binge eat. Now, I'll touch on this in a second, but I needed to be in control of what I was doing. So when I binge ate, I had probably consumed maybe like 400 calories in my binge eating session, which really is not that much food. But for me, who I was trying to keep under, you know, 800 calories, eating 400 calories in one sitting, I was just, anxiety was through the roof. So I then was like, okay, how can I fix this situation? I know how I can fix this situation. I'll just vomit it up. And that's how the intense cycle happened. So I would eat, I would feel bad, I would vomit it up. And this became a positive thing to me in my mind because I was like, oh, hang on a second. I don't actually have to starve myself or restrict myself. I can eat whatever I want and then just throw it straight back up. You know, whatever, no harm done. Even though deep, deep down, I knew very much harm would come off this. For some reason, I just cared so much about being a certain weight that I did not care. Now, at the time and even a couple of years after, or maybe a year after my eating disorder, I thought that it was all due to the sport that I was in and the people that I was around when I was going out. So I used to compete in an Australian sport aerobics team and we would compete at world titles. And we essentially had to kind of be a certain weight, look a certain way, be really fit looking um, because a lot of it was about how you looked. And even though I was naturally a small frame, 
I just, for some reason, got caught up in the whole, okay, how I am right now isn't good enough. I really need to decrease my size. And at the same time, I was going out, you know, clubbing maybe once a fortnight or once a month. And the girls that I would always be, not so much hanging around, but they would be at the same club I always went to, they were borderline anorexic. And this was actually at a time when people being anorexic was in, and that's really bad to say, but the more bones that you showed, the cooler you looked. And I even remember I got down to my lightest weight. So I'm naturally about 55 kilos. And I got down to about 48 kilos, which was pretty small for me, but it wasn't small enough for people to go, whoa, you look anorexic. I never looked anorexic. I just was small. But I remember going out one night in a, at, to a nightclub and my friend's boyfriend was there and I was walking towards them and my friend was like, oh, you look amazing. You're so skinny. And her boyfriend was like, yeah, you look so much better now. Um, and my friend was like, and look, you've got such a flat chest. And he was like, yeah, how good does it look? You know, having your ribs out and a flat chest. And for some reason, having a flat chest back in the day was really in as well, which don't get me wrong. I was happy about that because I didn't have boobs, but that just stuck into my head. And I was like, oh, okay. People like this. This is a good look. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And it just was such a hard cycle to really overcome. I didn't want to overcome it for a very long time, but trying to compete in an Australian team at an elite athletic level, I was absolutely ruined. I could not get through my routine. I was getting sick. I had really bad irritable bowel syndrome. I also got diagnosed with fatty liver disease. Um, I was unable to do a lot of the trainings at times when my eating disorder would flare up and be extremely bad. Um, and I also got glandular fever at one point and literally couldn't stand up for like longer than 15 minutes. And I was just absolutely struggling and I hid it from absolutely everyone. I think there was only one person in my life who knew what I was going through. And that person also happened to have an eating disorder at the same time. So we, in a sense, we kind of egged each other on, um, and, you know, helped each other restrict our calories and yeah it wasn't really a very good time in my life so as I was going through the eating disorder and even you know the year after I always thought it was just because I wanted to look a certain way and the only way I knew how to was through restricting my eating and binge eating but after doing a lot of reflection and journaling and trying to understand myself a little bit more I realized that it was purely through the need to be able to control everything in my life so I'm not going to go into detail about this on the podcast, maybe in the future sometime, but I was in a really abusive relationship when I was 15. And throughout this relationship, I was pretty much manipulated to the highest degree and I had zero control of my life. Everything was falling apart around me. My parents split up. Um, they are back together now, but at this time they did split up Um a lot of stuff was going wrong and I had, yeah, no control. This guy was just the worst person I think I could have ever had in my life. But at the same time, now I look back at it and I've learned a lot from it. But I think through this relationship, I developed this personality trait, which made me want to control every single thing that I did. 
if I didn't have control, I didn't want to be in that situation. So when it comes to my body, when I was in this aerobics team and when I was going out and seeing all these girls really skinny and I was a normal size and I wanted to be the skinny size, I was like, well, I'm in control of what I'm doing. So I'm going to control, you know, what happens. And deep down, I think this was because I didn't actually deal with what I went through when I was 15. I never went and saw a psychologist. I didn't get any professional help. I just pushed it down and got on with my life. And that's why a few years later, I developed this really bad habit, I guess you could say, that ruined a lot of my life. Now, in saying that, if I didn't go through everything that I went through um, so far in my life, I would not be where I am today. I would not, or who knows, I don't think I would have this passion for body image and self-love. I probably wouldn't be here podcasting. I wouldn't have gone and studied um, the psychology of eating. I wouldn't have gone and studied nutritional therapy. I wouldn't have, you know, created all of these programs for people um, to try and help them. And if you know me, you'll know that I am truly so passionate about helping other people. And I truly believe that this is my calling in life. I listen to this other podcast all the time and one of her questions is if money and time were no issue so if you had all the money and all the time in the world would you still be doing what you're doing now I don't do this I don't work on Bear Brave or my Love Yourself Healthy podcast 24-7 this is my side hustle job but if I had all the money in the world and no time restraints all my money and time would be going into doing this this is exactly what I want to be doing so to wrap up that question Yeah, how I developed my eating disorder was through a need to control everything in my life. And I didn't have control of how my body looked, so I created a way that I had control over it. And I don't regret it. I'm glad I went through it because I wouldn't be here today, would I? Well, I'd be here today, but I I wouldn't be podcasting, more than likely. (laughs) All right, so let's move on to a less intense question um someone asked what does a day on your plate look like so i thought i'd just quickly brush over this um because i've had a couple of people ask me this before and a day on my plate is very routine so i'm a creature of habit i like to eat the same things even though dinner time and sometimes lunchtime, i try to mix it up as much as i can to get as many nutrients in as i can i do like eating the same thing <laughs> so Breakfast is usually either tofu scramble with avocado and toast or I'll make a protein smoothie and in my protein smoothie there'll be like berries, banana, um, protein powder, spirulina powder, kale, chia seeds, peanut butter, almond milk and water. So I'll go like half almond milk, half water and then blend it up and it's absolutely delicious. Sometimes if I have cacao powder, I'll chuck that in there as well. Um, and then usually I'll have a punnet of raspberries or blueberries Um, or strawberries, whatever I grab, you know, on the day for a snack. And then lunchtime, lately it's been really up and down because I just moved to a new apartment. At the moment, I'm in school holidays, so I'm doing a random, yeah, different job. Um, So, yeah, if I am in my proper routine at work, I'll usually make, like, a tofu stir-fry dish. So it'll have, like, beans, rice, um, tofu, and a bunch of vegetables, and then I'll just create a sauce to go over the top of it i'm really loving using tahini honey peanut butter and then you just put hot water mix it together squirt a little bit of lemon it's such a good dressing um and then in the afternoon i might make like a fresh juice um or 
Yeah, and the afternoon's a bit of a weird one. Sometimes I'll eat, sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll just have some chocolate. <laughs> I love dark chocolate. That's my weakness. And then dinner time is very similar to lunchtime. So I'm either making a stir-fry type dish, um, a salad, like a big kind of salad, or, yeah, that's kind of it. I very much stick to the same thing. So I am a plant-based eater. I don't eat meat. Um, I sometimes eat eggs and I sometimes eat fish, but that's kind of a rare occurrence. I eat a lot of tofu, um, lots of beans and lentils and all of that kind of fun stuff. I try to have lots of leafy greens. I try to make a juice once a day. Sometimes in the morning before I have my brekkie, I'll just do like celery, lemon, carrot and um, like spinach, something like that. And just, yeah, just have a glass of that just before I have my food. I just like to get in a high nutrient value, especially because I know I am a creature of habit. So I don't actually eat as many nutrients as I know I could. So getting the juices in is getting me a higher dose of nutrients. Okay. (laughs) Next question. How many times a week do you exercise? Um, again, I really listen to my body and I do what I'm feeling. So every single morning I get up and I go for a walk along the beach. That's just my way of starting my day good. I usually have meditation music or a podcast on and I just go for a walk. It's a really nice way to start my day. And that's probably about like a half an hour walk. And then in the afternoons I will do either. So I'll, I'll go to the gym five times well, not the gym, but I'll do a workout at least five times a week, sometimes six. And that'll just be a mixture. I might go for a run. I might do a HIIT workout. so high intensity interval training. That's my favorite style of workouts. Um, and then I might do a strength session. I haven't been doing as many strength sessions. I usually like to do cardio, but I do try and do some strength sessions. And yeah, lots and lots of walking. Um, I'm also a circus coach. So I coach flying trapeze twice a week at the moment because it's the school holidays. And yeah, it's very, very, very fun. So let's move on. What do you do for work? So this is a, uh, I find this a very funny question because yeah, I've got a few jobs. So this is my passion job and I want it to be my only job so, so much, but I don't really have control over that. You guys have control over that by leaving me reviews and following me and supporting me. (laughs) Um, So, okay, I am a teacher. So I have my Bachelor of Education. I am a PDHBE teacher. So usually I just work casually around schools, different high schools. I am also a circus coach. So I coach at the moment in school holidays on a Thursday and Friday. Um, But when the school holidays are over, I don't do that but I am an acrobatics coach as well. So every Wednesday afternoon, I coach at my friend's studio, which is Synergy Dance Studio. I do that just once a week. And yeah, at the moment, because it's school holidays, I am doing three times a week working in admin uh, just to get some money. And then, as I said before, two days a week, circus coaching. So I am just trying to make means of an end. I'm just trying to get money, but I don't work full-time at the moment purely because I think I'm in denial. <laughs> I want... Bear Brave to be my number one job and if I have a full-time job I feel like I won't have the time to put into this as much so yeah that's what I do for work all right I have one more question and it is something I was going to touch on today anyway and it is are you still creating the self-love program and the necklaces yes 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 I can confirm I am definitely still creating all of the above it's taking me a little bit longer than expected and I really don't have an excuse other than um, I get lost sometimes when creating. So 
as I said, because this isn't my full-time job, first of all, life can get in the way. So I'm at work usually every day. Um, and then when I come home, I still want to make sure I'm getting my workouts in and doing things that make me happy because if I'm not following my advice, then, you know, I feel a little bit like a fraud and it also makes me happy. And that's what I want to do. And by the time everything's done in my day, it can be eight or nine o'clock at night. And I just don't feel like doing work at that time. So that's a pretty bad excuse, I know, but it is taking me a little bit longer than expected. And also there's been a few hiccups along the way and just trying to figure out how to, yeah, as I said, like I do get a little bit lost in how to structure things and what's the best way to create something that's going to be the most beneficial for people. So I don't want to put out a program or start selling a necklace that I don't feel 100% happy with. And I just want to make sure everything is perfect and things are going to work well before I release anything. So it was supposed to be finished for the start of the year. It will be done soon. I will release the date when I know when it's going to be done. So if you have listened this far in the podcast, thank you. Um, And as I said, because this is a passion project of mine, I really do need the support for it to become my only project. So leaving reviews on my podcast and following me on my social media and commenting and just, yeah, being there for me is so appreciative and it's really what I do need to be able to get ahead. So I'm going to wrap this podcast up because I don't know if I actually covered very much in this podcast. I think I just more rambled than anything, which is, if you know me, that's all I do majority of the time. But if you did listen this far, thank you so much. And again, if you can please leave a review and subscribe to my podcast, I would just be so, so, so forever grateful. And yeah, if you have any questions at all, you can contact me on any of my social medias. Um, You'll hear it in the outro coming up soon. If you have any requests for podcasts, can you please, 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 please send them to me, um, to my email or even to my Bear Brave Instagram. So my email, lyh underscore podcast at outlook.com. And then my Instagram is bearxbrave. So have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Melanie Lillis or you can email me at lyh underscore podcast at outlook.com. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. Bye-bye.